Good evening and welcome to a Daniel L. Hightower Wednesday. You never know what might happen on a given day on this program, as you found out. Thanks for joining me tonight. We're going to cover a couple, a couple, of, cover a couple of topics if all the software works right. In this business, you have to learn that computers decide they're going to update, and sometimes on the update, they screw up your other settings, and so when you turn it on. You never know what you might find. Tonight, one of my signals said, this part is not working. We're going to find out. We tested it. We think we're good. We'll talk to Terry Norvell in a moment. If we don't, we'll improvise like we always do on this program, like we've been doing forever and ever. I was thinking today, it's been like 18 months we've been doing this, right? It's getting time for a change, and there's a wind of change in the air. For those of you who have been following me closely, something's coming up. I'm waiting on some things to take place. I had a really good productive call or two today, and uh, I'm hopeful in the next week or two to be able to announce some changes for the better coming your way if it all works out. So, tonight, I'm going to unravel a little prophecy for you. Did any of you see that Celestine Prophecy movie or read that book, whatever? There's a prophecy of 29 so years ago that the NCAA and college football aside, the conferences would form a giant national conference and they would have five divisions geographically from the West Coast to the South to the East, Midwest, whatever. And that the college football teams would be really sort of divisionized, if that's a word, that the top 75 or 80 teams will play over here and the rest of them will play over here. This was before Power 5. Now, way before. Before there was a playoff and anything else. And it was prophesized that they would wind up playing it down in a playoff. I don't remember how many teams would make the first or second rounds, but there will be a playoff. and There will be a national champion. And that these conferences would form alliances. I made that prophecy. I actually, I might pat myself on the back. I had a good hunch, a little education. A friend of mine who had formerly worked for the NCAA years ago, and I were working together in New York, and he knew the insides of the NCAA, and he used to tell me, they got to remember it's all about TV. They have to have these games because these games are competing against the NFL. Well, ho- hello. And they have to have these championship rounds. The old bowl system was going to be defunct at some point. So here we have it, and it's been, it's happened. I wrote that column somewhere around 29 years ago. I believe it was in the Florida Times Union. I wish I could find a copy of it. I don't say that to pat myself on the back. I do say it to say it was pretty obvious this is what had to happen. And now just that it's pretty obvious, there's a lot of noise again being made about the playoffs. A lot of people are unhappy about it. And guess what's happening? The schedules are changing and more regional games, interconference games are being played, and people realize they got to play a national schedule. And look what's happened with Georgia and Texas and, and these these series of Florida's schedule and twenty eight so on and so forth. Because one day that will be your ticket to get to the playoffs. And if you play the kind of schedule that say Alabama is playing now out of conference, this is ridiculous. Have you looked at it? It is one of the worst of all time. Jess, we'll get into it later with T-Mac. 
with Terry Norvell. But uh, you've seen it. I mean, I'll just give here it is. Here, here's the schedule out of conference, okay? Duke and Atlanta. New Mexico State in Tuscaloosa. Southern Illinois in Tuscaloosa. And Western Carolina in Tuscaloosa. That's so many cream pubs that could be a bakery. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And Alabama may get burned for having a schedule like that. And you can't hide behind that one. People can say, well, I can't control my schedule. The conference has got this baloney. What we're seeing now is that we've seen more and more interconference, interregional games being played and these big-time schools scheduling each other. They see something in the future. And although the SEC has been against expanding the playoffs. They want to keep it to four. Why wouldn't they? They get two in every year almost. Well, not every year, but they get the, they win more national championships. It's to their advantage, all right? Not, so, not as much as it was with the BCS, but certainly it's to their advantage. And so the scheduling has changed, I think, for the better. And, uh, and I think what's the, what we're going to see, and the prophecy is going to come true, okay? Just saying. Now, <clears throat> transfer portal. Good or bad? Transfer portal giveth, transfer portal taketh away. Today, at least one and maybe two Gator linebackers fell in that deep black hole in space called the transfer portal. Nothing to be overly concerned about, but boy, they sure make a big thing out of it in Georgia. It's already on their site in Georgia they're talking about. So all that stuff, all right? And Norvell and I will chat about that. Then we'll, t- we'll get the Gator perspective from Scott Carter who writes for FloridaGators.com because look, here's the deal when you're charging the kind of prices they're charging now in football and one of the reasons these crowds are falling off, these powder puff games are no one wants to go sit there in the heat or whatever or the cold and watch directional school play they won't do it anymore. They can go home and watch it on TV. So they got to do something. They have to beef the schedule up. We'll talk to Scott about that, about the transfer portal, about some of these, these players that are uh, allegedly in the portal. And we'll talk a little just in general about college football and specifically the Gators. Thanks for joining me tonight. Good evening to all of you out there tonight. Nice to have you on the program. Alan Moore was the first up tonight. Mike Mahertis, always there. Mike, I think I got your name actually pronounced right for a change. Becky Smith Carlisle, good evening. Nat Blaylock, the mayor of Newberry. Dilly dilly to you. Jonathan Anderson, United States Marine Corps. Jonathan, thank you for your service. Jake Allen Lamb, our good friend Alexander Perez, who is like the sun coming up every day. He's always there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, here's the first comment of the night about the portal. This comes from Paul Bell, who says, Hey, buddy, I hate the transfer portal. Too easy to leave. There's one side of it. If you've got a son who wants to transfer, there's another. Thank you, Lynn. Good evening to you. Lynn Tindall saying stay tuned, folks. Roger Burns counting it down to get back here to Bronson. He's over in Ningbo, China. Ronnie Tomlinson? Yeah, uh, there's, a, there's a vote against the transfer portal. There's two already, it says. Now, look, what about when you get players? All right? Yeah, and good evening to Patrick Fantas all the way up there in Marietta, Georgia. Patrick, good to hear from you tonight, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, let's see here. It's going to be a hot weekend, by the way. Just make sure you get ready for your week, for your Memorial Day. Hope you have a good one with you and your family. Good evening, Steve Young. Quentin Cruz. Good evening to my GNK family. 
Sunshine hashtag. Don't forget the hashtag. Hashtag Sunshine Pumpers. Quentin says he's a sunshine pumper and proud to say it. All right. Dan Bond has got to be a regular here supporting the show through the program uh, Keep the Lights On. Uh, we're going to talk about this guy later, Rashad Jackson. Uh, he, he played behind David Reese on the death chart last year. Uh, he has graduated, according to Dan. I believe that's right. Uh, and he thinks that the portal is good for people like that. So there's his comment up there. And um, uh, let's see. Kyle McGraw along. How are you feeling tonight, Kyle? Lintendo already active on the board. Joshua Smith, go Gators. Good evening. Uh, Chris Whitfield, Natalie Clark, Dilly Dilly, and Mike Rowe. What's up, cuz? Uh, he's up in Jacksonville tonight. So he's already saying, go Gators beat Georgia. It's on, isn't it, this Georgia thing? All right, that'll get us started. Coming up will be Terry Norvell. First, we'll hear from our good friend on this particular Wednesday, Wednesday night. It's Daniel L. Hightower Wednesday, and here's Dan. Job-related accidents create incredible stress on your finances, your relationships, and most importantly, your sense of well-being. When the adjuster is not approving benefits you're entitled to by law, you need Dan Hightower to help you understand all of your legal options. Daniel L. Hightower has been fighting for accident victim justice in Ocala and statewide since 1976. Call Daniel L. Hightower today to better understand all your legal options. 352-629-7777. Hightower lawyer fighting for accident victim justice since 1976. Coming up in a moment. Terry Norvell will join us. We'll talk about the transfer portal, about the college football portal, uh, prophecy we talked about, and whatever else is on T-Max mind tonight as he comes to us from Jacksonville, checking in right now from his studio. I hear him in the background. I hear him. I don't see his trophies and helmets yet, but I know he's there. Ah, there he is. Hey, there he is. There's there he a good-looking guy. There Who's he that is. Guy, huh? oh, no, I was looking for Norvell. Oh, oh wait a minute. <laughs> hey, buddy, I've been trying to share and watch party through my world, but I don't know if I did it right. So we're trying. Right, we're trying well, to get all. Well, we'll try it. We had a nice uh, group of people having a watch party last week. Uh, nice. Well, this week actually, uh, our Fletch, our good friend Fletch, up in Atlanta, she had a nice watch party on Gatorade. So appreciate that. Getting the word out. By the way, we'll tell folks right now to please like and share, like and share, like and share. All right, T-Mac, I called you to talk a little bit about uh, okay. this transfer portal. First of all, before we get started on what happened today, like we say, the transfer portal give it and the transfer portal take it away. We've had yeah. two people weigh in tonight already saying they don't like it. Uh, but if they get a five-star linebacker, they'd be pretty happy for sure. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so so um, we're feeling our way along. And yeah. let's, go to, let's go to transfer portal 101, okay? Let's just say, I've looked it up today. Let me just read a little bit about this. Okay. We think we know, what is the transfer portal? Okay, go to this story. Uh, a database of every player who's interested in transferring from his or her current school. Because this is women's sports, too, obviously. The portal includes every collegiate sport, so a basketball coach could theoretically track football transfers or field hockey transfers could be located there. How does a student athlete enter his or her name? Very simple. They go to their school's compliance department, tell them that they want to be entered into the transfer portal. Some schools ask the student athlete to tell the coach first, but once a player goes to the compliance and makes a request, they have 48 hours to be entered into the portal. Compliance nice. and the coaching staff can't say no. They can only delay it a day or so. At the end of the day, the transfer request has to be fulfilled. That's the basics. So what is included in the portal? 
You have to have a name, a sport, a conference, division, school, etc., and they get that basic information. And basically, some people can sit there and recruit all day, you know, if they got a yeah. GA. So that's how it works. I think it's fairly simple. I think the complaint is, is that it's too easy. Sure. Uh, my answer to that is I don't think we know yet, but it sure it looks squirrely at times, doesn't it? Well, um, I like your addendum there. We don't know yet. It is brand new. I will say this. It's not a perfect system. Um, I hope it can work out and get close to perfect. But from the student athlete's perspective, I would rather something like the transfer portal be too easy for the student athlete to move than too difficult. I, I hated it when it was too difficult when A, the school that the kid wanted to leave, the program, had to give permission. I, mm -hmm. I, I think that's terrible. Um, no, no, number one. Number two, um, I loved the rules you read. The rules you read uh, cover just about everything. There's a lemon law in place, it sounds like, right? A couple mm -hmm. days. Mm -hmm. um, they, so there's a lemon law. It eliminates tampering is what it does. Um, the big thing is the schools can look in there, and certainly they put a GA on it probably every day. It says look into the portal every day. Mm -hmm. There's there's no tampering. What you said very early, though, is I, w I think what every fan is going to have to get through their head. There are, there are going to be two or three years where you're going to hate the transfer portal, and there's going to be another year or two here or there where you're going to absolutely love the transfer portal. When you're missing a left tackle and you find one, when you're missing a wide receiver, a go-to wide receiver, um, I, I all in all like it, and I'm glad it's there. It is not a perfect system right now. Let's look at the transfer before the portal. Florida got some pretty good wide sure. receivers <laughs> last sure. year. You know, I mean, they didn't go through the portal necessarily. But they got under the under the wire, and I think they got there just the right time. So uh, uh, I think it worked well there in the case of the, the receivers that Florida got because they got some world-class receivers. And, and, you know, buddy, the grad transfer rule that's been around about 12 years, uh, it's kind of the same thing. There are going to be years when you get a grad transfer that's immediately eligible, and um, you're going to be ecstatic. There are going to be years where you lose a grad transfer where you're going to, you know, not – not like it now the grad transfer happens much less than the portal because less kids obviously are going to finish their education right. and still have eligibility right so certainly the portal there's nothing about finishing your education mm -hmm. it, you can you can do it a day into your scholarship so mm -hmm. but the grad transfer is a lot like the port we can look around my god florida man may not have won their uh 2006 national title without Ryan Smith coming over from Utah, one of the first grad transfers. It was the first I ever heard of. Yeah, first one yeah, I ever heard of. Yeah, uh, 06, I think. All, was S all SEC defensive back. It might have been yeah. on small American teams. Yeah, sure, sure was. And he filled a real hole that um, that Florida was was going to have an issue with all year. And he filled a hole, and Reggie, uh, was it Reggie Lewis on the other side? But I think it's going to work out. They're going to be, I, I, I say just. Be honest and mark it down. You folks that are just pulling your hair out right now, two years mm -hmm. from now, you're probably going to say, man, that is awesome. We got a center and a safety, and that filled two huge holes. I I, I think it's good, but, buddy, you, you hit it a couple weeks ago, man. There are flaws. The kids are going to um, – the bad apples can still continue to be bad apples trying to chase these kids down. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that they signed as a freshman. Normally in the old days, once you signed, the bad apples were done coming after you. Yeah. Right, because it was too hard to bounce around. Now that's my concern that recruiting slash the bad apples in recruiting will never stop. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I talked to our friend uh, Brady Ackerman. He's going to be on with tomorrow night. He's at yeah. Jackson State. Uh, he's got a guy to coach next year, Jerry sure. Jones, and it might be a good match. You know, yeah. uh, uh, I think maybe Brady might be the guy, the guy that Jalen Jones needs. He's he's got a little background in that. He's been th- mm-hmm. he had a couple of rough spots when he was playing at Florida and sure. managed to overcome them. And he has the expertise, I think, to be able. So that'll be interesting to see. And so they benefited big time from the portal. Yeah, sure they did. Sure they did. Get a quarterback that, um, you know, I mean, if Jalen Jones, if he is up to his press clippings, Jalen Jones is a power five talent that for whatever reason, you know, things didn't work out. He'll be playing at a much lower level, and you would think he would star. You know, I hate to put pressure on the kid, but you would think at he would star at that, at that level. level. Yeah, yeah, he ought to be, really exactly. Sure. So sure. Uh, a lot of folks tonight have things to say, including Quentin Cruz, Lynn Tindall. I'll get to you guys in a, in a moment. Cobb uh, uh, McGraw saying uh, she she agrees with you on that comment. Uh, Terry, uh, let's skip over the portal for a moment. Okay. Let's talk about what's happening with the scheduling in college football. I love what's happening with the big yeah. schools uh, scheduling other out-of-conference teams. You know, in Georgia, Texas, uh, Florida, you know, you can laugh at Colorado all you want to, but still I like sure. the fact that they're playing. Uh, they're, these big schools are playing. They're not opting for the powder puffs. When you look at Alabama's home schedule, I just, I just looked at it again and read it, uh, this kind of thing that ought to cost them a national championship. That is absolutely horrible, the home four-game team schedule. In the meantime, other athletic directors are stepping up. They're scheduling some big-time names. This plays right into the scenario uh, of, uh, of what I want to talk about, which is the prophecy of a national conference for college yeah. football, which would decide the national champion. And I'm not going to break my arm, pat myself on the back, Terry, but we talked about this earlier. Yeah. And I wrote a column about this almost 30 years ago, uh, just because not that I was that smart, just obvious what has to happen. If you're in competition with the National Football League, you better get rid of the powder puff games. You better, sure. And that's what television is. Your, rated, you know, your rating is going to go up or down, and you better have the uh, opponents. And you look at what Alabama schedule, Duke at Atlanta, New Mexico State home, Southern Illinois at home, and the Western Carolina. You talk about that's a that's a whole bakery of puffs right there. Yeah, a, that's oh, awful, boy. isn't it? Boy, it, it um it, and it all happened at one time. You know, I mean, not not that any of those were um, historic powers, but you know, I, I, before I totally bow, uh, bury Alabama, Saban was the first guy that really started playing these big. Now he's he's had the best team in the country for ten years, so it's easy to play a big time out of conference. But boy, you're right. Wouldn't it be ironic that Nick Saban has been on the pulpit for two or three years saying, hey, man, the fans aren't going to watch these bad games anymore? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be ironic that, you know, what if Alabama is 11 and 1 um, and, 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 and uh, they're, they're in the mix with two or three other teams that have one loss for that final spot? And, you know, it could easily come down to what you just said. Wait a minute. You're going to get no beauty points for Duke, North, uh, New Mexico State, Southern Miss. Or um or Western Carolina, it yeah. just uh it, it's ugly, and I think it coincides also. Those four out of conference for Bama are ugly. Nobody's going to argue. I don't even think Nick Saban will argue that. And their traditional cross um, SEC team, Tennessee, is as bad as they've been in 40 years, right? So they're getting nothing for their cross team. Their huge in-state rival, Auburn, 
is you know leaking oil and 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 and, and spitting smoke. So uh, it might just be a one year come together where Bama's schedule, boy, they better beat everybody by about forty points because if it comes down to a beauty contest, that schedule's not very pretty, is it? Yeah, it's not. And 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 you, at a time when we're talking about how to keep the attention of the fan and how to keep them from leaving yeah. at halftime and how to sell more tickets at an exorbitant rate when you can go home and watch them on TV in the air conditioning comfort of your living room and have a cold one and flip around and channel surf. Sure. Uh, you know, you better have a good product. And when you schedule games like that, you give fans a reason not to come to the ballpark. So this yeah. competitive do- entertainment dollar right now, I think some really enlightened athletic directors have stepped up and began scheduling really good games. Uh, which leads to the opportunity to play. You know, like I say, it may cost Alabama this year. I want to make a prediction at some point that's going to bite them in the butt this year. At some point, especially if they get into a tight race, it's going to cost them. And, you know, buddy, might there keep in mind, no matter what we say about computers and this and that, that data is fed in by human beings. Might there be um, Alabama fatigue a a little bit? And that human that's feeding, feeding his or her uh, strength of schedule into a computer, they may have a little Alabama fatigue and go, you know what? Well, here's yeah. here's a little here's a little bit of a, 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 a an area we can pick at Alabama. Um, I like your point too, though, about the fact that um, it's easier to schedule uh, good games for these ads at a conference. I think it's only going to get better, buddy, because you know and I know we are really on the cusp of the playoff expanding. So when it goes from four to maybe eight, we're going to get to the point where. We're now to the point where one loss doesn't necessarily kill you. And I love that, right. by the way. I love that. Ten years ago, one loss, man, you had to have everything aligned right. Now, one loss, and you can still be in the mix. Buddy, when this playoff expands, we're getting close to where these ADs can say, and these head coaches, you know what? One loss, two losses may not kill us. So I think we're going to get more more good games, if that's the proper grammar. Down right. the road. And by the way, if I may, I want to just read something from The Athletic, which I subscribe to it. Okay. Talking about expansion. It's a whole big, long story. I believe I believe it's Noelle Auerbach. I forgot her name. I wish I should have written it down. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, talking about it's saying that in, in expansion feels inevitable. Nobody sure. will come out and say it's definitely going to happen. And everything you read is that people say, no, we're going to stick with this. The contract's got to go on for many more years. But it it feels like there's something going on here. Here's what she wrote. He said, the bracket may not expand beyond its current 14 format until after the conclusion of the college football's current television contract, which runs to 2025, if it expands at all. But that hasn't stopped key figures from talking about it and attempting to push the conversation forward. One reason, expansion feels inevitable. Wisconsin Athletic Director and former CFP College Football Selection Committee member Barry Alvarez, coaches such as TCU's Gary Patterson, Notre Dame's Brian Kelly have intimated as much in recent months. And Georgia's Greg McGarity, an athletic director in a conference that is quite content with the current four-team expansion, said he feels expansion is inevitable too. So, and, and he stepped up at the schedule of FSU, Texas, Clemson, and, and Texas, uh, by the way. Uh, so, uh, so that's one of the answers. You know, overall, the SEC doesn't seem to be for expansion. I think this person who wrote this story is correct. It seems inevitable. The question is when. 
Well, buddy, you said not many people will uh, officially put their name on it. I'll do it. I've been doing it for a year on my show. Here's the reason. You hit it. Don't forget now, 2025, the contracts are up. You don't start negotiating in 2025 Mm -hmm. when contracts are up. They're about to go to the table, right? All these conferences and all these TV um, networks are about to go to the table. Buddy, we're in 2019. We're pushing 2020. They're about to go to the table, and there are some major issues. The Big 12. Texas has its own network, the Longhorn Network. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma quasi has their own network. They don't have their own Oklahoma, but they have a partnership with Fox Southwest. The Big 12 is about to go to the negotiating table with with, um, you know, their pants pulled down. They're going to go try and negotiate with no Texas and no Oklahoma. Well, good luck with that. The Big 12, barring pulling a major rabbit out of their hat, which I don't know what it is. Are they going to get Notre Dame into their conference? Probably not. How are they going to replace Texas and Oklahoma? How are they going to have negotiating power? I think the Big 12 is going to go bye bye. They have no choice. The rest of the teams don't have any TV panache at the negotiating table if Texas and Oklahoma aren't part of the negotiating, right? You with right. me? I, I think I think uh, the Pac-12 has no – I mean, what's the Pac-12 going to do? The Pac-12 may go away. So I think we are right it's on the – It's gone away. If, yeah, if, if really Oregon has, doesn't do something this year, it's gone away. Sure. But buddy, we're on the cusp right now. There's one more uh, – certainly in, in, in our lifetime – um, there's one more big bang theory in college football, and it's right around the corner. These TV contracts are up in 2025. You've got to put it in place by 2022, 2023. I, I think it's inevitable that because a couple of these power five, quote unquote, are going to disband because they're, they're losing their fastballs, that's going to force some merger. Um, and you're going to have maybe four 16 team uh, conferences and the playoffs going to expand. I think it's right around the corner. I think it's in my lifetime, buddy. I mm-hmm. hope it's in my mm-hmm. lifetime. But the next big bang, and by the way, I think the next big bang here in the next four or five years, when it actually happens after it gets negotiated, I think that's going to hold for ten to fifteen years, fifteen years down the road. But it, buddy, I think it's it's inevitable. The the, the big bang of college um, football is right around the corner. The next one. Yeah, it doesn't show any signs of slowing down there, but their attendance situation has got to be rectified because I know they're getting making more money by the, by the TV contracts, but it's not a good look to have those empty seats. It's just not. And, and, and you know what's going to happen there. <laughs> it's happening all over the country. They're reducing the size of the stadiums. Stadiums are getting reduced. They're, they're, it, that's that's the natural, um, mm-hmm. you know, make them a little more luxurious maybe, but, they're oh, they're going to they're gonna rip out, you know, rip out seats. I mean, my God, the the, the day of the 100,000, I mean, those 100,000 seat stadiums where there's six or seven in the country, I mean, that, that that's two and a half NFL stadiums. You know, the, the day of the 105,000 seat stadium is is long gone. Yeah, can I just say a quick hello to Lorente McCray? He's watching the show. Lorente? Sure. Good yeah, Gator. Yeah, yeah, good Gator. Good luck to you there. Uh, and that NFL career, keep going. Uh, here's, a, here's an interesting thing. There is a there are a lot of conferences, I and mean, you mentioned the Pac-12 being one, who are not real happy with the current playoff system. Yeah, and there's a reason. Big 12 is not the Big Ten's not thrilled about it. I can tell you that. No, you know? no they're uh, not. Uh, and and uh, so here here's why. And here's a stat that I read today. Dennis Dodd, I believe, had this. This is interesting. This tells you about what's going on with the Big Ten. He says, "I just stumbled on this whopper." It has been 1,574 days and counting since the Big Ten scored a point in the college football playoff. Oh. 
Oh. That, that goes back to the first championship game, January 12, 2015, when Ohio State beat Oregon. That's a period of more than four years. Yeah, because they haven't been in a couple years, right? Michigan yeah, State right. Michigan State got shut out one year, I want to say, like, yeah. like 31. And, you know, the concerning thing with the Big 12 is it's not like they're out there spitting around because they are um, financially behind the eight ball. They've, they've got their own network, right? I mean, they're bringing in money, right? At least exactly. if, if you're the Pac-12 and, you know, some of these other conferences that are just now, even the ACC, they open up their, their um, network in August of this year. But the ACC can look around and go, hey, wait a minute, man. Don't judge us the last three or four years. We haven't had the cash register like the other conferences because we haven't had a network. Man, the Big 12's had that network. That Big 12, um, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're bringing in money. And, and generally money – means competitiveness and and mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's been an ugly two or three year run for the big two they've missed it right the last two years i don't think they've yes. had a team yes yeah. for sure um yes all right so so now i think the big question is and this is how college football's changed think about it i talked i flashed back to 29 years ago there's a whole bunch of recruiting going on at all levels including the transfer portal the grad transfer these coaches are and, – and Coach Spurry even said something to me about it. He says, boy, I wouldn't want to be coaching today. He mm-hmm. says, uh, you'll be, you're, you'll be re- recruiting 365. Yeah. You know, you don't yeah. even get a break. Uh, uh, and, and so that gets changed. Uh, we do have the playoffs now. Uh, yeah. The game has waned in popularity in many fronts, although the TV ratings remain uh, strong. Uh, the fact is that uh, the popularity of the game among – Fans has slipped. Uh, I hate to say that because I'm a big college football fan. You are too. But sure. um, I think overall, when you strip it away, given the amount of money the game's getting from television and the fact that the millions of people are getting to see college football and the fact that they've taken some some precautions to, to get make the game safer, I'm sure Laurentia McCray is watching can speak to that. It seems like there's an awareness there wasn't four or five years ago the game is improving in that regards. I'm not thrilled with some of the things they're doing, especially uh, with instant replay because it's breaking the momentum. I'm not thrilled with some of the other stuff. I see, see where it hurts the defensive backs and defensive players not being able to, to make tackles, and they get a lot of them get tossed. But overall, I think the game has gotten better. Do you agree with that, Terry? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think the game still will always have its its uh, hardcore roots. Um, and I got to be careful how I'm going to phrase this next uh, statement uh, because I, I I agree with where it's gone. But can you imagine if the if the I'm going to say the word safeguard if the safeguards were not in place today um, regarding spreading the wealth around all sports slash Title Nine? Think about if it was 40 years ago, right before Title Nine got going, and all this network and uh sec network and tv money got in it would all be hoarded by football right and and maybe maybe college football wouldn't be taking a, st- a step back because they would hoard all that money it's a good thing don't get me wrong all the money's coming in but it's being divvied out title nine get gets their share and and you know you can't tell me that College, we're in we're in college baseball season right now. We're in uh, softball season. We just got out of gymnastics season. Those three sports in particular, my God, they have skyrocketed because the athletic departments, with all this money coming in, they can't just hoard it on one sport, football. No. So certainly that's a good thing. But um, I think by expanding your athletic department, okay, 
the 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 one area that you knew was going to take a little bit of a hit was going to be the bell cow, which is football, right? Right. 40 years ago, all that was going into football. Oh, by the way, we'll buy you new uniforms in basketball every four years, you know. So um, I'm with you. I, college football is going to always have its niche. But, you know, college football is not the only one. Football slash sports in general is going through this whole niche. And, and you know, buddy, we're in a, um, a single-parent um, uh, uh, home, home life. Uh, you know, baseball and college football, I think, were big for about 80 years where it was a family sport. You know, dad and uncle took Sonny Boy to watch baseball and explain baseball. Yeah. Dad, dad, uncle, mom, and, and daughters went on Saturday all day to tailgate and pass the tickets down mm-hmm. decade after decade in college football. We're in a different, we're in a different, um, you know, family dynamic yeah. as well. Yeah, Terry, let me recap something because Lorente just asked a question here, and I think we should, those people just tuning in, not hearing the whole story. We talked about it earlier. He says... What's going on with all these Gator transfers? Well, in reality, we haven't had that many. Uh, you want to recap? Well, you talked about one tonight that I hadn't heard about. Uh, we do have the portal open tonight. We do know uh, that the linebacker, uh, uh, Jackson, yeah, Rashad, Rashad, Rashad Jackson. Jackson, is transferring out. And you said you think also Johnson was in the portal. I, but you I, I thought may, maybe I was uh, in a stupor. I thought I saw somewhere maybe in my show earlier kind of, you know, on air slash. I thought I saw Kylan Johnson might have thrown his name in if that is not true. But pardon me. But uh, buddy, I, before I don't think let's assume Johnson is in along with Jackson. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think that's any and no disrespect to the kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think that has anything to do with losing players. These are guys that have been in the program three, sometimes four, maybe even five years through two coaching staffs and they've got next to no playing time. I mean, if two separate coaching staffs haven't thought you're up to par at this level of football, um, I think maybe uh, they're, 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 don't forget the transfer portal. I think a lot of times we may not know it. Coaching staffs may sit kids down and say, Hey, it may be in your best interest, man. Yeah. You've got a year to play. You're probably not going to get a lot of on field time. It may be in your, now there may be an ulterior motive for yeah. the coaching staff, but I think there's going to be, or there is a lot of that type of stuff. Right. Where kids are kids are kind of pushed into the transfer yeah. portal. Yeah, I don't I, think these these guys these one slash maybe two Gators today yeah. are a big deal at all, particularly on the depth chart. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm sure that maybe Lorenzo's not talking about just that. Also, the Jalen uh, <clears throat> Jones situation. He's obviously he sure. was basically but, asked to leave school and now has gone to Jackson I mean, State uh, to play for. But Brady. I mean, but I mean. The Jalen Jones not throwing no, no, out no. Guilt, no. guilt or innocence, but yeah. I mean, how is no. if if there's any truth to anything that right. might have happened, how does that fall on a no? On I'm just a, on a actually program? I'm just trying to put it all in context sure. for the Rente, who probably hasn't been following it day to day. Sure. And then you got the decommit Chris Steele. There I said I wasn't going to say his name again, but I did. Uh, you got a <laughs> few of those things, uh, sure. and you mentioned again that I didn't know until you told me. That Colin Johnson, who's from Dallas, he's a he's Maybe. A junior. I, I don't want to start well, a bad rumor. I thought to, well, I saw no, that. Somebody else just piped up and said okay. they okay. heard he's going to Pittsburgh. I think Dan Bond just said he saw, I saw Johnson went to Pittsburgh. We don't okay. like to say that till we have it confirmed. Sure. Maybe we can get that from Scott Carter coming up next. But, uh, yeah, so I'm just catching Lorente up there. <clears throat> he has some classy followers here on the show. And glad to have all of them there. And glad to have you. All right, T-Mac, we got to hit it here. Uh, anything else to add to the night, the day? 
Uh, baseball team still struggling to get into the tournament. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, sure. And, uh, still got a shot. Um, and uh, tomorrow night we'll have uh, Brady Ackman on. We'll have the head ball coach on tomorrow night as well. I, w- I will throw this out, buddy. I think your hardcore audience, and Lord knows I watch your show a lot, is aware of this. But there's some people that might not be. Man, I tell you, if if this time of year you consider it kind of a downtime, mm. the dog days, it's getting real hot. We're still two good months away from mm-hmm. camp opening in football. If you want to find annually passionate, meaning, meaningful, exciting sports to follow, college baseball, Mm-hmm. college softball i mean you can't go wrong good lord um baseball's a little bit of a a, a uh, an oddity in our state mm-hmm. because florida florida state are actually hoping they get in which is very rare but my god you've got the super regional in tallahassee starts tomorrow the super regional in women's softball in gainesville on friday man open up a little bit if you got a split second this time of year watch some college baseball it means a ton it's passionate same with college softball yeah, and Laurentius says, sounds like title Town is back. Thanks, fellas. There you go. So maybe it yeah. is. Terry, listen, good stuff, man. Appreciate you coming Thank you, on. Thank you, buddy. Don't forget, Anytime. listen, listen to T-Mac. You can catch him. A lot of our people do. Tell them you're on your show when they can watch it. Yeah, you can catch uh, College Sports Today. I'm on um, Monday and Wednesday, 6 p.m., right here on Facebook Live. Just like the page, College Sports Today, Monday. Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And then on Friday, we do a little lunch show at 11 a.m. And uh, we're in and out on a Friday. Buddy, stay cool, man. It's going to be oh, hot as you know what all really weekend. Hot. It is. I'm going to be Ooh. right here wearing my hat, drinking my ice water all weekend long. By the Buddy, way, I have, I-, a, I have a note from some guy who calls himself Brendan who says, tell T-Mac I made him and I can break him. <laughs> yes, he did. I agree <laughs> and I agree. Buddy, have a good evening. Let me all know right. anytime I can help. Thank you, Terry. Have a good hey, buddy. Night. All right. Appreciate it. Terry Norvell. All right, let me take a minute here to uh, before we switch over and talk to Scott Carter. We're late getting to him. We'll get to him in just a moment. Let's get this part up. Um, I want to tell you about Restore Medical Research. I, there's a bit of a bulletin here uh, for uh, for folks from Winstar who want to get this word out. They do a lot of experiments there. Experiment a lot of I won't say experiment. Actually, I see a lot of, a lot of research there. Uh, and Scott Carter says he is there, so we'll dial him up next. Uh, in that, uh, they want you to know that there's a need for these uh, for people to come by and be involved, uh, especially uh, in the area of uh, Alzheimer's. I'm so happy that this is being done uh, in our area because Alzheimer's and dementia, if you've ever had. Uh, you know, uh, if you've ever had a, uh, a loved one or a friend who's had it, you know how horrible it can be. But there's also some hope. And that's why I like hearing. Uh, that's why I love what Renstar is doing among the, uh, the research they're doing is on Alzheimer's, dementia, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I wanted to make sure you know this. And this is a note to get out that if you have Alzheimer's diagnosis, concerned about your memory, your healthy researchers would like uh, people to come by and open, uh, check out on the trials, even if you're healthy. They need African Americans and Latinos are especially needed to participate, so researchers can learn why they are more likely to get Alzheimer's and find treatments that work for everyone. So very important. Remember that. I'm gonna read it again. Uh, whether you have an Alzheimer's diagnosis, concerned about your memory, or if you're healthy, research looking for people like you to join open trials 
at Red Star Medical Research, African-Americans and Latinos are especially needed to participate so researchers can learn why they are more likely to get Alzheimer's and find treatments that work for everyone. Learn more about getting involved in one of our enrolling studies today. Call 352-629-5800. And also, you can go on on their website, which is uh, redstar.net. Uh, and and check out the information there. It'll tell you all about uh, what to do if you're having these uh, symptoms uh, and want to know more about it. You, you can call them and they can tell you what you can do. Or you can just participate in a, in a, in a trial and study. Uh, again, if you want to know more, call 352-629-5800. Visit www.rentstar.net. Um, and uh, remember, Rentstar Medical Research, seeking tomorrow's answers to the health questions of today. Going to be just a moment while we get a hold of Scott. We're going to dial him up right now. Scott, of course, is Scott's a former writer um, at the Tampa Tribune, covered sports a number of years, um, and now works for the University of Florida. Uh, he's, he puts these numbers in real fast. Up in Gainesville, he he actually writes some fine pieces on FloridaGators.com if you want to check it out sometime. Um, he does a lot of football stuff. Uh, and every now and then he'll do a swimming story, whatever. But uh, he's also a good dude. Uh, we're going to get him on in just a second if I can get this number to work tonight. Cross your fingers and we'll get a chance to visit with Mr. Scott Carter from FloridaGators.com. I don't know if they've officially released the transfer portal or not. Scott Carter at the University uh, of Florida Athletic Association and FloridaGators.com. Okay. I'm gonna- See, this is one of the things I keep doing is I keep getting Scott Scott, I'm trying to get you, but you're picking up too early. So um, this is the problem we often have uh, answering on the first ring. So let me just type in, you're answering on the first ring. Okay, sorry about that. And this is something that's a flaw in the system here. I'm going to keep trying. Uh, and if we don't get it, we'll just do the best we can. We'll follow up with all your questions. Uh, Hello, you reached Scott yeah. Carter at the University of Florida. Yeah, it's picking up. So, Scott, if you get that, would you please call me? Um, that would be helpful. Uh, and uh, my number is here. I'm going to punch it, punch it in. Um, yeah, the transfer portal. It sounds like tonight, and I'm going to get to all your questions uh, here. We'll talk about it. It sounds like we don't know quite what it is, right? We kind of get an idea, but sometimes we think it works for us, and other times we think it works against us. Uh, and it really, we don't, it's, it's hard to understand because I really wasn't sure myself how it was going to work or what it was about. Uh, tomorrow we'll talk to Coach Spurrier about his thoughts. He'll be giving us uh, checking in with us tomorrow and see what he thinks. Brady Ackerman just benefited from it. Um, and and uh, was able to uh, pick up Jalen Jackson, uh, Jalen Jones, excuse me. Uh, and as a result, uh, he's got himself a terrific quarterback. Uh, and um, let's see, that number is this. Yeah, I, I think he might, that might be a good thing for, for Jalen Jones, don't you? I think it's a good thing for him. And um, uh, and I think, uh, it, it, like, like Brady did say, um, we're a second chance school, uh, and this what he's going to get is a second chance. Um, and uh, we look forward to hearing what Brady has to say again. Again, tomorrow night's going to be quite a show. We do have Coach Steve Spurrier checking in. He was in Atlanta tonight when I talked to him. 
Uh, and uh, and also uh, Brady will have uh, uh, Zach Alberti, uh, Mark Long probably, and Fransbury. How are we going to get all those folks on? I believe this is Scott calling now. Let's see if they can get him. I believe this might be Scott calling in right now. Is that you, hey, Scott buddy, Carter? How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Yeah, I never heard the call, so we must be having a little technical problem. Yeah, I, so I was I was worried about because it, it seems like for some reason it wants to pick up on the first ring. Don't know why, but maybe. Yeah. It's, but we got you now, Scott. Thanks for calling. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Can you clarify something? Uh, I don't know how much you want to speak to this, but the transfer portal is the top of your conversation tonight. And we know yep. that Florida has one and maybe two. We haven't heard the government confirmed yet. Uh, it, it, what, it, or is it true that both uh, both guys have gone in the portal? Uh, the only one I'm aware of is Rashad, Rashad Jackson. Jackson. Okay. Still- There's some kind of story floating around out there about uh, – I hadn't heard about it either, about Kyler Johnson uh, going to Portland, maybe going uh, to Pitt. Yeah, Kyler, he did. He, he actually, he uh, he was not involved in spring. And he oh, finished okay, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he, he finished school, and then he uh, he went to the portal, okay. and he's going to Pittsburgh. So Okay, yeah, so I guess that was an old story that we, uh, yeah, it's hard to keep up anymore, Scott. It's, it is, man. It's like free agency now. Huh? It is. I got my roster out and it's crossed through all these lines, and I couldn't put together a depth chart if I had uh, four professors from MIT and try to figure all that well, out. You know, I wasn't surprised, obviously, by either guy. I mean, Keelan had, or Colin had been here, what, four years? And yeah. His best game was LSU in 2016. He had a nice game, but he had never really been able to. You know, crack the rotation on a regular basis, and then uh, Rayshad has. You know, he's kind of been probably a little uh, a good player to have on your roster for depth. But I think with the emergence of Amari Bernie and uh, mm-hmm. obviously David Reese back and uh, a couple of new Jeremiah guys, Jeremiah Moon's uh, still David, there too, right? So Jeremiah Moon, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Ventrell Miller, mm-hmm. James Houston. You could see kind of the writing yeah. on the wall. He probably wasn't going to play much, so yeah. he's going to you know, put his name in there and see what happens. And the interesting thing about that, buddy, is the portal. I read something the other day where I want to say of all the players who have entered the portal since the end of last season, only like 47% have found a, a new school. So not all these guys are going to find takers. It's just going to be interesting uh, how that shakes out in the future. It is. I uh, I was talking. I don't. It's not often I try to compliment myself because I don't have much to compliment myself on. But the one thing I am kind of proud about, and I did 29 years ago. And I guess I'm fishing for compliments. I don't know. But I wrote this piece, and I was working temporarily in Jacksonville about the future of college football. And it wasn't that I had any great insight. That was sort of a prophecy in a way, but it was like based on some knowledge and some information I had learned from a friend of mine who used to work in the NCAA office and enlightened me about the importance of television ratings back in the day when people weren't talking about that much in college football. And I wrote this piece talking about what has to happen to, to college football. And college football, I said, is going to have to become a na- going to have to have a super conference. And I just cut it down to about 75 or 80 teams. 
They're going to have to fatten mm-hmm. up the, the conferences. He, they're going to, have to, you know, they're going to, have to get all the best teams in conferences. Five conferences. That's before we had uh, Power Five, uh, and then we're going to have to play it down for a playoff in some fashion, you know. And then the TV ratings in December will become gigantic, and there'll be a way to, to obviously fuel college football and uh, heighten the interest in the game and compete with the NFL, even though it doesn't compete. It does when it comes to the dollar. Uh, and now to do for, for to do that, you have to have Really good schedules. And what are we seeing now? We're seeing ADs like Scott Strickland, like Greg McGarrity, etc. Scheduling big regional opponents. Names like Texas and Colorado, even though people say they're not that good. I know the program. The program's been pretty good over the years. Uh, it's not exactly a, 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 not a power, powerful, not a powerhouse, but they had good football there. Uh, and you can go on down the list and you can see what's happening is that they are realizing the importance of the schedule on the national scene. And you better start realizing the importance in the playoffs. And I therefore now predict that somewhere this year, Alabama will get beaten, bitten in the butt with its home schedule this year, out-of-conference schedule, Duke, New Mexico State, Southern Illinois, and Western Carolina. That really is not very good. So that's my take on it. Now, you can tear me, tear me apart. You can disagree or whatever. But I just feel that's an important thing to remember where we've come from. No, you're exactly right. I mean, these are definitely the sign of the times with some of the, the uh, improved scheduling you're seeing across the country. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's what you have to do because I think we all know where this is going. I don't know. I don't have a timetable on it yet, but this playoff is obviously going to be expanded in the next mm-hmm. five to ten years. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be talking about eight teams and maybe beyond one day. Uh, yeah. That's where it's going. Uh, so, you know, you're talking about like Alabama, you know, if they do, whatever school gets bitten on the butt, you know, it's not like it used to be. You can rebound uh, and still make that playoff. And if you're playing your best ball at the end, you know, like Florida was last year. I mean, who knows if they'd had a chance against Alabama or Clemson. But if there was an eight or ten team playoff, Florida would have probably been in it, you know, at the end of the season and, and playing well. So uh, that I love that part of it. Um, but also love the fact that you get to see some matchups. I mean, I've always thought the Texas Florida game, that's one that I'd like to see. Hopefully yeah, I'll I mean, still be around. Well that's what we're hoping so, for, yeah. When it when it comes around. But you know, and there's gonna be more I think added before those games, uh I don't know if they're going to be on a magnitude of Texas, but I'm pretty sure there's a couple more in the works, like maybe before 2028, because there there's going to be some openings. And I, I think it'll even go to the point where maybe in a year or two, where some schools who already have these deals with maybe smaller schools, maybe they'll just go ahead and buy them out because yeah. the game they really won't mean anything. Yeah. Uh, they don't mean anything at the gate now anyway. You're you're losing crowds automatically when you have those right. Games. Uh, so why not go ahead and buy them out and fill those schedule holes with some some games you know are going to get good TV ratings and get more people in your stadium? Hey Amen. I think that's the thing in the game that we love so much. And, you know, it's on, it's been an incredible ride. And you're going from we had a waiting list when Spurrier was the coach back here. You know, thousands of people couldn't get a ticket uh, to a point where now we can't get the stands filled, which the result has been – People are and, and Florida's doing this same thing, looking at reducing the size of the uh, size of the stadium, maybe making the seats bigger, which would be a good thing, uh, and, and improving all the way around the comforts of the fans. Because 
the fans have been sort of taken for granted. And because there's so much money coming in for television, it's like, okay, let those uh-huh. other dudes in there and sit in those small seats. And it's that way everywhere now. And I think they're waking up and realizing the importance of not just the money, but the ambiance and the home feel and uh, imperative, you know, that you, and, and be able to dominate. You have to win at home. And the f- fans and students are so much a part of that. And let's be honest, these aren't even millennials. We're past the millennials. It's the next generation now, whatever they are. They're just not as interested in watching football as they are being on their phone. So they've had to update no. their Wi-Fi and all that sort of stuff. So it's changing, Scott. It's changing. Um, and the challenge is for athletic directors to find a way to continue to put that quality product out there, get good TV ratings, and get uh, good fan bases. And I think so far, and I know you won't disagree because he's your boss, but I think Scott Strickland's on it. Yeah, I mean, Scott's talked about that from the day he got here, you know, the fan engagement part. But it even goes, I mean, you have to, like you said, the new, the younger generation, it's so different the way they look at entertainment, the way they look at sports. Um, if they can't actively be engaged during the contest, whether mm-hmm. they're in-house or watching it at a, a home or a bar or wherever, they're just not going to be that interested. So you have to have your facilities uh, you know, wired to where you can actively participate while the event's there mm-hmm. in front of you. Now, I'm a little old-fashioned buddy. That I actually, when I watch sports, I do like to watch the game and kind of think about it more than, I guess, a lot of other folks. I mean, I understand that part of it, though. You, you feel like you're almost a part of it if you're sitting there on your phone and you can engage in some way with the content. Yeah, um, yeah that, that's huge. And to do that, to get those people back in, uh, you obviously have to have games that mean something that – uh, people are talking about where they kind of have a memory if they do show up at the stadium. It's going to be a lot different than if they watch it at their buddy's house. Uh, and that's making the facility, whatever. We, I mean, I, I have a feeling, you know, we could be talking in 10 years, the swamp is going to be a lot different kind of place. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, you know, that's good. I, I think that's just another side of times. I still hope it's, uh, you know, good 80,000 people, and it's unlike anywhere else in college football. But I do think it's probably time for, you know, some changes there to mm-hmm. uh, make it more modern in some ways. For sure. No doubt about it. And um, you got to remember how football has changed. Uh, us old guys, and you don't remember this, but I'm old enough to go back, that we didn't go we up to Florida field, and it was not. 120 degrees on the field. Number one, it was not astroturf. It was not. It was. It was artificial. It was not artificial, which it used to be, and now it's back to natural. But here's the deal: football season didn't start till the third week in September. You realize that? Yeah. And so naturally, yeah. you may have a hot game or two. Now, when you go there, it's 130 degrees on the field, and you're. you're, you're it's hot and sticky and tough and. Hard to find shade and hard to find parking. It's not a great, it's not a great experience early in early in late in late September. It's not going to late uh, August, and it may not even be in Orlando. 
But I think that game's got enough of our key, enough rivalry to there to safely sell that game out. So the experience, and I remember Mike Hill just talk about it all the time too. It's improving the experience for the fan, and I, I, that's one thing that I think Scott Strickland has picked up on and done. It, and you're right, it's going to be a different kind of game in four or five years in a different kind of arena, smaller, maybe only seventy thousand or whatever. Remember, it is the largest stadium in the state of Florida. We forget that, doing. No, it is. Uh, you know, like that Garth Brooks concert we talked about a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest concert crowd ever for the state of Florida. There's nowhere else you can get 78,000 people mm-hmm. for a concert. So you're obviously going to block off some seats for the stage and stuff. No. Um, yeah, there's that. And, you know, NFL stadiums are also, I mean, I know there's still some some big ones around there, but a lot of your NFL stadiums nowadays are 65, you know, 70,000 seats. Um they, uh, you know, they make them uh, with some special uh, sections for, uh, you know, upscale customers or what do they call them? Prime, prime areas, I think they yeah. call them. Uh, so I think you'll see something like that, uh, you know, maybe at the swamp one day. And uh, it's just another way to lure people there because, the, and he, you know, it's like, like I do, buddy. I mean, there's nothing that gets people as excited when the team is good and when there are those big games. Yeah. I mean, that's always... That's always going to be number one. No That's matter what football. you do, to yeah. Give. Yeah. yeah. No matter what you do, no matter how nice it is, uh, modern it is. I mean, if mm-hmm. you don't have a good product, people aren't going to come. But I think uh, that's that's Dan Moan's job, and he's off to a good start. So yeah. Scott Strickland's trying to focus on what his role is, and right. you know, the, the atmosphere. So. I'm just, uh, I do, there's nothing like a big Saturday, man. I love this. Oh, it's days. wonderful. Hey, I'm gonna leave you with this one. You ready? Only one yeah. school, only one school has not had a player in the transfer portal. Did you know that? Only one. Only one. Only has one out of 130. Only out of 130 schools, Division One. Only one school has never put a player in the in, in the NCAA transfer portal. Now this well, is a I great was, stat. Was, who do you know who it is? Yeah, I, I, I know, know who it is. is. One thing, oh, guess. You gonna, you Oh, uh, yeah, gosh. Uh, Think academics. Cool. Think academics. It's a Power 5 team. Okay. Uh, power 5 academic. Duke. Uh, good guess, but not right. Oh, Give me right. one more. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Good guess, not right. Uh, okay. Dan Bond says Harvard. No, it's a Power 5, Dan. He's guessing Harvard. No, it's a one school. It's, if you picked out, if I picked out 10 schools in the country I would like to attend, and was smart enough to attend them, this would be my top five. All right? That's a power five. Yeah. My top five. Oh, wow. Um, Got to be really smart. Uh, tech, no, Lynn, that's not it. Lynn says tech. Um, geez, now you really got Dan Bond just got it. Dan Bond oh. just got it. Stanford. It? Oh, Stanford, yeah. Yeah. Stanford. Stanford. Yeah. That's a... Uh, my prediction, buddy, is that before the transfer portal ends, that Stanford will eventually have someone there. <laughs> That's pretty impressive, though. That at this point they have not had anybody because I, I would not have a, I would not have guessed that myself. Doesn't that tell you though, what who that, that why they go to Stanford? They go for yeah. education. <laughs> Yeah, that's one yeah. of those places I uh, have gotten into, so I never tried. But, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll go to my graduate degree out there at not. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, Dan Bond said, who would leave there? That's true. It's a great place. That's a beautiful place in California. Hey, Scott, it's always a pleasure to be on with you. I appreciate your company and your thoughts and your participation in the show. All right, right, buddy. Well, you have a good night, man. Uh, We'll see you soon, all right? Stay cool this weekend. It's going to be really hot. Uh, Definitely. (laughs) All right, Scott Carter, com. See you, buddy. See you. Uh, Okay, there you go. Um, Yeah, that's a good question. I saw it tonight. I would probably not have gotten that. Um, Yeah, Roger said they had a scandal, but it wasn't about that, Roger. They did get a couple people on tennis scholarships or something, right? Whatever it was. But uh, I don't think you see those people in the transfer portal. So you're right, Liam. They do have really good talent there, and they're smart. And Kyle McGraw-Long says, thank you, Scott. We say thank you, Scott. Thank you, T-Mac. Well, it's a good show. Tomorrow night now, it's going to be blockbusters, and we're already getting Dan telling us make it a 90-minute show tomorrow night. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll take it there. It depends on how long France talks. If France talks, it might be a two-hour show, right? So it's going to be fun tomorrow night. I can't go earlier because if I do, I'll leave people out. So we're going to have a wonderful night tomorrow night. I want to just start go out saying thank you to one of my sponsors, the folks at Mark's Prime on a Daniel L. Hightower Wednesday. Of course, we like to show you pictures of food when we put that up there just to get you good and hungry like these. Truffle fries. Mm-mm-mm. Have you tried those? You can't eat just one. It is really good stuff. Mark's Prime, of course, they have two locations here to serve you. One in Gainesville and one in Ocala. Uh, I'd say it's probably my favorite restaurant around here. Uh, and I'm not going to lie to you. I can't go there every night. I mean, I don't know that much. I can't go anywhere every night. But uh, it's um, terrific food and terrific service and terrific people that run it. And I forgot to mention this. Cindy has been a great supporter of mine uh, in on this program for years and uh, Cindy Nicholson who's the general manager slash owner of uh, the uh, of the restaurant called Mark's Prime Steakhouse and Seafood I can give you all the rundown on you know on what they got there you know by now seafood and about the beef but I'm telling you it, it, just for me and I like seafood don't get me wrong but just a good, really good steak. I got a friend coming in, some friends coming in from Colorado. Great people, great, fun, good friends who've taken us to many, many good places to eat. I can't think of a better place to go than Mark's Prime to take our friends from Colorado, Jim and Rhonda, when they come in here in about a week. I haven't seen them in about three or four years. Talented lady and a great, great couple. So that's what, I, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take them to Mark's. Where else would I go? Uh, because of the ambiance, when you walk in the door, it feels like class. Uh, it, it's got a good ambiance. The food is good. The waiters and waitresses are very good. I should say servers because that's what they call them. They're very, they know how to serve properly. Uh, and uh, it's a place that you'd be proud to take anybody, including your mother on Mother's Day or maybe not Mother's Day because that's in the daytime, but certainly on her birthday or whatever, your wife, your husband, whatever. Call in Gainesville at 352-336-0077. Ocala 352-402-0097. Ask about those truffle fries and many other good things. They have probably the best shrimp cocktail of any place around there. Fabulous. I sometimes go out there and just like to eat the hors d'oeuvres. are so good. Uh, you can check them out again. Ocala 402-0097. Gainesville 336-0077. Mark's Prime Steakhouse and Seafood. They want to create a unique dining experience for you, and they can do it.
Thanks again to Terry Norvell and to Scott Carter. Don't forget, tomorrow night, it's going to be a big one, a long one. Coach Steve Spurrier, Brady Ackerman will be here. Um, our good friend uh, Zach will be here along with Franz and uh, Mark Long of the AP. So it's going to be a busy, busy night talking ball with us. Come join us. Thanks for watching.